What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Night Shift. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hernandez. And it's been a while. It's been a decent amount of time. I've been so, so busy. It's been tough for me to be consistent with my episodes. It's been a few weeks now. Um, But I am back with another episode, hoping to get in more of a routine as I was not too long ago. Um, But I am here. It's just me today. Um, And I got a few things that I want to cover on the slate couple things going on in the sports world that are definitely worth talking about. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and jump into this. Um, so let's do it. For uh, The first thing that I want to talk about is something that kind of just happened, actually, probably an hour ago, maybe even less. The New York Giants, they signed Daniel Jones to a contract worth $160 million over four years. Now, I don't know the exact uh, logistics of it. I'm assuming it's just going to come down to a $40 million a year flat. Um, and that's a big thing, obviously, right now in the sports world. On Twitter, everyone's talking about it. Daniel Jones, is he worth the money he just received? And I'm going to give my take on this because I am very... I have a very, I'm, I have a take on, I am very opinionated on this. I couldn't find the words. I'm very opinionated on this. And here we go. Let's talk about it. Daniel Jones, is he worth that contract? Is he worth $160 million over four years? The simple answer, absolutely not. Not even close. Daniel Jones is not even close to be, to being worth a $160 million contract. Daniel Jones is not close to being worth a $160 million contract. Are you kidding me? Is that what we're doing right now? We're throwing $40 million a year out to guys like Daniel Jones? We want to talk about contracts, bad contracts in the the, the NFL in recent history, whenever. This is up there. This is up there. And if Daniel Jones somehow takes a step and, and he looks somehow really, really good next year, Good for him. But if Daniel Jones played like he did last season, next year, that's worth $40 million? That is our criteria for a $40 million per year contract? Unreal to me. That is unreal. And when I saw it, because there's been ongoing reports on about if the the Giants are going to offer Daniel Jones. What's you know what's going to happen with Daniel Jones? Will they offer him? And I never really knew what was going to happen. I knew the Giants fans liked him after one year. After hating him for three years, they loved him after one mediocre season. Um. So let's talk about it. This contract is. It's kind of giving me Jimmy Garoppolo vibes, okay? Um, although Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, and that, that goes without a lot of question, in my opinion. And I'm not even a Daniel Jones fan. I, I think he's vastly overrated right now. But he's definitely better than Garoppolo. But I think the contract situation is similar, okay? When it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo's contract back in 2017, he played five games and then the 49ers made him the highest paid player of all time ever to step foot on a football field, highest paid quarterback. He was he he got this massive deal and obviously turned out to bite them in the 
hindquarters because we all know Jimmy Garoppolo is not capable of doing a whole lot. Okay, when I see this Daniel Jones contract, I see glimpses of this, okay? Daniel Jones had a decent season last year. Now, if we're qualifying Daniel Jones' season last year as $40 million worthy, I don't know where the standards have gone in the NFL. That is not worthy of $40 million. Daniel Jones threw for 15 touchdowns last year. 15. He threw for 15 touchdowns last season. Um, so right off the bat, he's not throwing for touchdowns. And it's not like this guy came out and threw 30 touchdowns. Okay, he's not. He, he, he didn't. He, he did. So. The problem is. I know he, he I think he let me see. I think Daniel Jones only threw about five interceptions, which is really good. I'm very high on quarterbacks who don't turn the ball over. OK, if you don't turn the ball over, I'm going to like you a lot more than someone who does that. that that's a lot of my criteria is turning the ball over. Daniel Jones surprisingly didn't turn the ball over as much as he has in the past in 2021 through turned it over seven times. Uh, these are just interceptions, seven uh, interceptions in 21, 10 interceptions in 20 in 2020 and then 2019 he had 12 interceptions so it's gone down and down and down which is good that's good in that regard when you want to look at progression okay but 15 touchdowns i mean we're awarding 40 million dollars for 15 touchdowns for what here what did the giants really do okay saquon barkley is the answer to that Saquon Barkley had a fantastic season last year, and I, and I think they just they just gave him the franchise tag. Uh, not too long, I think I think right around when they gave Daniel Jones his contract. Um, so we want to we want to sit here and, and and talk about Daniel Jones being worth forty million dollars, but in reality, we saw this Giants team take a leap this year. Was it because of Daniel Jones, or was it because of Saquon Barkley? Okay, Saquon Barkley finally had a relatively healthy year, finally. Um, obviously, he's been battling injury ever since he came into the NFL. Um, and he had a very good year. And and he showed why he why he was, you know, such a high prospect, why he was going to influence his team as he finally came in and did so. And 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 and, and I'm not gonna sit here and say that Daniel Jones can't get better. Right. I don't think he's at the Jimmy Garoppolo stage where Jimmy Garoppolo's banged his head on his ceiling once and now he's just, you know, he's not even close to it. Um there's a chance that Daniel Jones can get better. I mean he's been in the league for four seasons, just four. He hasn't had the most to work with in recent years. Last year was his best year, throwing for 15 touchdowns, which really isn't all that good at all, actually. And I know this was more of a run-based offense, and people are going to come at me for that, but I just think my quarterback should be more than should should be providing a lot more if I'm giving him 40 million dollars. Because when I look at when I look at 15 touchdowns. And everyone's like, you can't just base it on touchdowns. I know, and I, I don't, I don't like to solely base something off touchdowns. But I'm just saying, and and, and this is just, this just goes for Daniel Jones. If you watch the Giants last year, how much was he really doing? How much was he really contributing to the wins? Okay, he wasn't a lot, which makes me think you can get another quarterback to do just that. If Daniel Jones really wants his forty million dollars, I'm shocked. Well, I'm not shocked because because athletes are greedy, but that's a lot of money. For, for a guy who, who isn't doing all that much. If Daniel Jones is coming out 
and he's making plays all the time, and he's running with his legs, which which, which Daniel Jones does. You know, I, I give Daniel Jones that he can run better than a lot of quarterbacks. Um, although he may not look like it, he can. Um, but you know, if Daniel Jones is coming out here with game winning drive or or just putting up points and and and, and great passes and everything like that, that's a forty million dollar quarterback, and there's only a few of them in the NFL right now. Daniel Jones is making $40 million for four seasons. The Giants are going to regret this deal, I think. Okay. And 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 if Daniel Jones comes out and 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 he plays extremely well and destroys my argument here, good for him. I hope he does. I have nothing against Daniel Jones. I just think he's become very overrated by the media, by NFL fans, and now by the Giants organization because I don't think he's worth $40 million. You could get somebody cheaper and maybe even better or somebody not as cheap but way better who's going to provide you with way more. My my only my claim here is that Daniel Jones is not worth forty million dollars per season, not even close. Next, okay, I don't, I, I, I don't really know how much of a debate that actually is, but that's my opinion. I don't think Daniel Jones is worth forty million dollars at all. Um, but he's better than Garoppolo, so if that's worth anything, people seem to think that Garoppolo's, you know, the goat. Um, okay, let's move on here. Another quarterback um, that just inked a contract, Derek Carr, and I and and you know I, I've heard a lot from my friends about how you know my takes on Derek Carr haven't aged all that well, this and that, and they didn't because I was a big advocate uh, coming into last season for Derek Carr and the Raiders. I was very high on the Raiders. Um, I thought we were going to see a Derek Carr MVP type season reuniting with um Devonte Adams, you know, college teammate, really good friend. I was thinking that we were going to see a very good season from Derek Carr. It was a bit of a hot take and it ended up not working out at all. Um so there's that. However, so Derek Carr obviously not a Raider anymore. Um and he moved on to the Saints on a 4-year, 150 million dollar contract and I want to give my quick opinion on Derek Carr, okay? I have a few opinions on Derek Carr. I think he's I think he's a great quarterback. I'm a fan of him. Okay, I think Derek Carr is a great quarterback in this league. However, will Derek Carr be the guy to elevate a bad team to a good team? I don't think so. I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be that guy. Will Derek Carr be a guy who can elevate a good team to a great team? Absolutely. 100%. Derek Carr might need a little bit around him. Okay? And and let's take a quick quick journey back and and take a take a look at Derek Carr's career. Okay? He never had a good defense. In his, what, nine years being on the Raiders, not one time did he have that good of a defense. I'm pretty sure only once did his defense rank in the top half of points allowed per game. Might have to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. But regardless, Derek Carr's never had a good defense. Okay, so that's half the game. Okay. What else has Derek Carr not had? 
stability in the coaching staff. Okay, he never has had a stable head coach nor an offensive coordinator. It's really tough to succeed when you have a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator just filtering in and out. New one after new one after new one after new one. Okay, that that doesn't make it easy on a quarterback. And is Derek Carr the best quarterback in the NFL? No, okay, he's not. Is he top 10? Fringe, you know, he is around there. I wouldn't say top 10 after last season, um, but, you know, 12 to 15, 11 to 15 right now, probably, um, range. Okay, so when we see Derek Carr, if we could see him with a with a good offense, with, with solid weapons around him, right? A stable head coach and offensive coordinator. Because you need that to succeed. And a good defense, which I thought was the Jets, but I'll get to that. You will see Derek Carr look a lot better. And I think he was the scapegoat for the Raiders. I think the Raiders stuck with a really bad head coach. And they moved on from a very solid quarterback. And I'm not, and and okay, I'm not going to say that the Raiders should not have moved on from Derek Carr because, okay, Derek Carr, like I said, I think he's probably around 12 to 15 in terms of, in terms of top quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, and that's a solid quarterback. And I think with the right pieces, that guy can win a Super Bowl. I don't think you need a top five quarterback to win a Super Bowl, top 10 even. Okay. You could get, a quarterback who could do the job with pieces around him. So I think Derek Carr's that guy. Obviously, and, and, and things were not working out with the Raiders. They just weren't. Over the nine years, I could see you wanting a fresh start. That's what I can understand. A fresh start from the Raiders' perspective. Listen, Derek, you've been good to us. You've been great. We haven't surrounded you with practically anything. Um... Obviously, I, you have offensive weapons. You have Devontae Adams first season. You have Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs. But we've never given you a defense, and we've never allowed you to have a real head coach or an offensive coordinator. So it's on us, too. But, Derek, I think it's time to move on. We just go our separate ways and restart. That makes sense to me. Okay, I don't I don't think that's a bad decision at all from the Raiders. However, when you stick with Josh McDaniels, who's one of the worst head coaches in the NFL, that's where it seems a little like – it just seems a little off. It seems a little ironic. Um, so the Raiders sticking with Josh McDaniels was, you know, over Derek Carr was something that it was interesting. Again, I don't think moving on from Derek Carr is a bad idea. I, I honestly, it might've been a necessary idea. It might've just been time, you know, you can still be good and still have it be time to move on. And that's what I think it was. Um, but with Josh McDaniels, unless they get Aaron Rodgers, who can pretty much just be the head coach at that point, right? Just somebody who can, who's just so good, it doesn't really matter. You know, might be better, right? But other than that, I don't know. But the, the my main point here, Derek Carr's just saying good for him, right? I'm not sure how it's going to work out. They have weapons. They got Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, which who knows with all his injuries. Alvin Kamara, who, again, who knows with all of his allegations. I don't know. I'm, didn't I just read? I feel like I just read something about Alvin Kamara and suspension, but I don't know if he's going to get suspended. I know he beat up, beat up somebody in a Vegas nightclub, I think it was, or something, or like a hotel, something like that. Anyways, the Saints have pieces. They, the Saints have a solid defense. 
Um, so I could see, you know, Derek Carr playing well there, but I don't, you know, the Saints are not going to be the team that wins the Super Bowl. I just, I don't think the roster is, is good enough to compete, but I think Derek Carr can look good there. And I think Derek Carr will look good. And I hope he does because I'm a fan of him. Now, the biggest problem through this whole thing I have lies with the Jets. And this may not be a problem, okay? I think the Jets really should have looked at Derek Carr, and they probably did, but I think they really better hope that they sign Aaron Rodgers or, I guess, Lamar Jackson too, which I know Lamar Jackson just got franchise tagged, but I think I think they're still allowing him. You know, They're looking for offers or something, but they want to keep him. If the Jets fail on getting Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson – they're going to regret. They're going to regret so, so bad not getting Derek Carr. And the reason for that is, who's the next option? I made a list of potential options for the New York Jets. Number one is Aaron Rodgers. You get Aaron Rodgers in your gold, and you're a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. Okay, number two is Lamar Jackson. Honestly, the same thing. I think Lamar Jackson has become a little bit overrated still. I'm still on that train. However, I don't think he might not be as overrated as I once put out there. But I need to see more from Lamar Jackson, and what better to do that with a place like the Jets with good weapons around him? That's why I'm not making a definitive statement on Lamar Jackson because once I see him with weapons, I'll make a I'll make a decision. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers won Lamar Jackson too. Number three is Derek Carr, and I have a buddy who's a Jets fan who actually was going to hop on the pod today, but ended up not being able to towards as we got closer. But he was not prior to this. I would talk to him about Derek Carr, and he knows that I think Derek Carr is a solid quarterback. And he was like, "Man, I don't." I just don't think he can elevate us. You know, I don't know about that. And then I just think it's no point. And I, I, I disagree with that just because I think that Derek Carr, when on a team like the Jets, can thrive. I think he can. And I think he can lead you to a Super Bowl because, again, I don't think you need a top five quarterback or even a top ten quarterback to win a Super Bowl as long as you have somebody who can do the job and not mess up when it matters. And I think Derek Carr can do that. I think Derek Carr can do that. Okay, so... When the Saints signed Derek Carr, my buddy was telling me, he was like, you're right, dude. I actually agree with you. So if we get Aaron Rodgers, if we don't get Aaron Rodgers and we don't get anybody else, I'm going to be pretty annoyed that we didn't get Derek Carr. Because let's move down the list a little bit. One, Aaron Rodgers. Two, Lamar Jackson. Three, Derek Carr. Number four, I have take a chance on a rookie. I think that's your next best option after that. Okay, there's not many other available quarter not Matt Ryan he's not good anymore Carson Wentz not good anymore okay and I'm talking feasible realistic options here these are probably the options that they're weighing take a chance on a rookie I say you take a chance on a rookie if you miss out on all three right and and, and you let the rookie battle with Zach Wilson you don't trade Zach Wilson you you let the rookie battle with Zach Wilson right so that, that kind of ties in Zach Wilson and, and a rookie. They just, you know, let him battle, let Zach Wilson, whatever. Number five, literally anybody else. Go get somebody with upside. Anyone you can find. 
because there are people out there with upside. There are quarterbacks out there with upside. Go get them. Go find someone. Don't find someone who's banging their head on their ceiling and floated back down to the surface and never going to get there again. And their ceiling's not even that high, by the way. And that, that leads me to number six, which you probably know who that is. Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst option for the New York Jets right now. The worst one. If the New York Jets sign Jimmy Garoppolo and he is the starting quarterback next season, I'm crossing them off my contender list. Gone. Because as I get closer to the season, I will make a list of my contenders, teams that can realistically win the Super Bowl. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback of the New York Jets, I'm going to take my pencil, cross them right off. They will not win it. And I know that for a fact, so I don't even have to worry. That would be a very bad decision on the, on, on, on the New York Jets part. That would be a very bad decision by the New York Jets if they really... If they went out and got Jimmy Garoppolo. They went out and got Jimmy Garoppolo. I wouldn't really know what to say. Besides good luck. Because I've seen him play. And I know what he's about. He's gonna. He's not going to. You know his cap. Okay. And he probably won't even hit his cap again. Let alone get past it. You know his ceiling. It's a very low bar. It's a very, very low bar. For Jimmy Garoppolo. So if I'm the New York Jets. I'm. Putting everything I have into getting Aaron Rodgers. If that doesn't work out, I'm putting everything I have into getting Lamar Jackson. If those both don't work out, I'm going to cry about not signing Derek Carr. And then I'm going to move on to the draft and try and get a rookie. And then have him battle with Zach Wilson. And if they don't want to do that, then I'm going to go scavenge free agency and find somebody with upside. And then if it doesn't work on that, I'm going to go sign Garoppolo and pretty much sign off that we're never going to win a Super Bowl for as long as he's under contract. So if the Jets, if you're GM, if you if you if if the management, anybody in the management's out there listening to me, there you go. I'm assuming that's your list. I'm assuming that's your priority list. Um, because I think that's pretty accurate. Okay. I was going to do an AFC West draft uh with my buddy who was unable to make it last minute on the pod, which is why it's just me. So I'm gonna skip that and I'm gonna go on that to uh for next week. So be ready for that. We're gonna do a little AFC West fantasy draft. Um, and we're gonna do that with more divisions as time goes on. But meaning that we're just gonna draft a team and see who's is better um from only players in the AFC West. So it should be fun. Um, but other than that, we're gonna move sports. We're gonna switch gears here from the pigskin to the Spalding, <laughs> we're going to basketball, man. And basketball has gotten very, very interesting. We are close to the end of the season. I think about 20-ish more games left. Um, and, and it's and it's obviously it's heat up, right? It, it's getting pretty good. Um, so there are two teams specifically that I want to talk about here in the NBA right now. The first one is the Sacramento Kings. I want to give a little, I want to give a little insight. I want to just just discuss the Sacramento Kings. My question for nobody because nobody's there on the other end of this, but people listening and, and for myself also, are the Sacramento Kings legit title contenders? Can the Sacramento Kings realistically win the NBA Finals this season? This is a very tough one. Nobody expected the Sacramento Kings to look this good. 
this season. They look fantastic. They are currently the third seed in the NBA right now, 38 and 26, half a game behind Memphis for the two seed, seven and a half games out from the one seed. Not very feasible for anybody at this point. Denver's pretty much locked that seed up. Sacramento sitting at the three spot um, with one of the best offenses in the NFL, or NFL, NBA. I might have said NFL earlier too, but I meant NBA. The reason I, okay, this is a really tough one. Do I think the Kings are going to win the finals? No, I, I don't. I don't think the Kings are going to win the finals. Um, I think there are there are teams that are better. I think there are teams that are a little bit more experienced than the Sacramento Kings because obviously they are not experienced at all. The team has not made the playoffs in a very long time, so you know, I don't think they're gonna. However. Can they win the finals? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that the Sacramento Kings can win the finals. And it's a stretch. I know. It's a pretty big It's a pretty big stretch, to be honest. The Sacramento Kings being NBA champions, I don't know. That just sounds weird. It's like oxymoronic, right? And the... The problem with the Kings is they're not the best defensive team. And that's that can come back and bite you 100%. They're not the worst defensive team. But that's where their biggest issue lies. But the Sacramento Kings have such a good offense. I mean, you could say that the Sacramento Kings have the best offense in the NBA. Number one. They have the highest offensive rating. They average the most points per game the highest true shooting percentage with the second highest field goal percentage. I mean, that's a fantastic offense. Scoring points wins a game. Okay. So I don't, and and I know it's, it's, it's just crazy in general, but I don't think it's that outlandish to say that the Kings can win the finals. Not that they will, not that they're a favorite, just can. Do I think the Timberwolves can win the finals? No, I don't. Okay. Do I think that the, that the, you know, who's the team that's in the mix right now? Uh, the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks can win the finals. I do not think the Knicks are, uh, can win the finals. There's a few teams that I think can win the finals and the Kings are one of them. They're probably last on that list. If I'm being honest, because of the lack of experience that they have, they have, Pretty much no playoff experience. And that matters. That does matter. So I don't I don't see the Kings, you know, making the playoff or making the playoffs, winning the finals. But I don't like to rule something like that out. They're on my list of teams that can win the finals this season. And it would be one heck of a ride if they somehow did. And I would be all over that. I would be so happy if I saw the Kings win the finals. Again, I don't think they're going to. They don't have that great. Uh, uh, their defense is probably what's going to be what holds them back. They, 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 they have a lethal offense, but their defense and the lack of experience is probably what's going to hold them back from doing so. Realistically, I see the Kings, you know, depends on who they play in the first round. Right now they're slated to play Minnesota and I think they I think they beat Minnesota pretty pretty easily if they if they still play them. Um 
you know, if they end up going against the Warriors, that could be a different story. But, you know, I think the Kings will definitely get to the second round. Um, and then from there, it's who knows what's going to happen. But if they kept marching on forward, that would be very, very cool to see. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Um So there you go. Like the beam. Like the beam, Sacramento. The final thing I want to talk about today, and then we're going to wrap up, is the Warriors. I got to touch on my dubs, okay? I have to touch on the Warriors. So I'm going to ask the same question I just did with the Kings. Are the Warriors legit title contenders? The answer is yes. The answer is, is so yes, okay? And... Again, it comes down to the same thing. Do I think that the Warriors are going to win the finals? I don't. It's a bummer, but I don't. But can they? Of course. You know why? I'll give you three reasons. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Those three guys have more playoff experience, more finals experience than any trio probably ever in the league right now, of course. It, it's always possible with these three. It's always going to be possible. I mean, it's always going to be possible with Steph Curry, period. But when you have Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, arguably the best chemistry in the history of a trio ever, it's possible. Okay, the Warriors lack a couple things. Defensively, they're not great. They have no big men. They're sloppy. A lot. Tough to see a team like that winning the NBA Finals, but hey, they did it last year, okay? When I look at the Warriors right now, they have pieces. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, who has not played in a while due to personal reasons, so, you know, we don't know what's going on, but hopefully he's okay, praying, you know, prayers out to the family for himself, you know, we hope that nothing is going wrong there. We don't know what's going on, but just hopefully everything's okay. Anyway, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. That's a very, very good starting five. It's probably the best starting five in the NBA. Jordan Poole off the bench, who has been up and down, a little bit of a roller coaster this year, I'd say. Dante DiVincenzo, great. Jonathan Kaminga, I'm a big fan of Kaminga over here. I think Kaminga is very good. I think he's a very good contributor on the defensive end. I think his offensive end has got his offensive game has gotten better and is is pretty solid right now. I think whenever you give Kaminga big minutes, he's going to contribute, and he always does. And I, and I feel like he scores a lot when he contributes. That's an eight man rotation, and and might I add that Gary Payton is coming back as well. Very guard heavy, very small. That's the biggest thing that's going to hold us back is our height. We are not a tall team. Our tallest player was Kevon Looney and a 6'9". That's very small for the NBA to have your tallest player be 6'9 and only have one of them. So that might be what holds us back. But if you want to just talk about pieces on a roster, this team has them. This team has the pieces. It's possible for these guys to, and they've looked better. They have looked better. Better as of recent, disregarding that Lakers game. And another, and, and without, I will, I'll say this, Clay Thompson, I've obviously said it forever. He's not washed. He has not been washed. Without Clay Thompson, this team is six games under 500. 
maybe like three or four games under 500. But still, this team is not in the position they're in right now without Klay Thompson. He carried us. Klay Thompson carried this basketball team when Steph Curry was injured. And he's washed? That's just not logical. This team is solid, okay? They have the pieces. One of the other big problems that this team tends to do is dig a hole early, which is never good. You don't want to, it's like you start out losing the game by 15. You have to play catch up every single game. That's going to come back to bite you and it probably will again. And again, it comes down to the same thing I was talking about with the Kings. Do I think that the Warriors are going to win the finals? I wouldn't bet on it. I don't think that they're going to. However, can they? Of course they can. They 100% can win the finals this year. And we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, They're 34 and 31. So there's about 17 games left. Um, They're at the five seed right now. Two games out from the four seed. And then it's just pretty munched up. You know, I mean, they're a game away from going down to the eighth seed. Right, that they're only separated by one game between the eight seeds. So a lot of fluctuation can be going on. Um, Denver's likely staying at, atop at, at, at the one seed, but a lot going on here. And I'm hoping that the Warriors avoid the play in tournament because the play in tournament in general is just dumb. But the Warriors are a team that could potentially win the finals this year. I really think they can. So. Let's go Dubs. They play the Thunder again tonight, and we'll see how that goes. But anyways, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. I'm going to try and put out another episode towards the end of the week. Um, If not, there will be one next week. I am. I was going to have my friend on this episode, my friend Vince, but he was unable to join. We, we uh, Something came up right before, so it was just me solo, but... Look for some from like some fantasy drafts, division type stuff. You know, get get some of that stuff going, which is fun. But you know, if anybody out there ever wants to hop on a show, you you know, you totally can. Just hit me in the uh, social media or email at pod.thenightshift at gmail.com. You can be there. But you know where I'm at on social media, on Instagram at the nightshift.pod, on TikTok at the nightshift pod, and on Twitter at the nightshift. Two T's at the beginning, two T's at the end. If you are um sorry if you are listening on a podcast platform which that would make no sense if you weren't leave a positive review you could leave five stars preferably that'd be really nice and i appreciate you guys listening that'll be it for me i'm out peace